Hey, boys and girls, thanks for tuning in to the Big Honker Podcast. It's hunting season. It's time. It's go time for everybody out there. We hope that you're having a great hunting season. And remember that this podcast is brought to you by Dive Bomb Industries. Jeff's doing something. That's your cue, ladies. It's Christmas time. And your husband wants decoys. He wants silhouettes. Okay, you can turn that off now, Jeff. Go to divebombindustries.com today. Get the dream spread, all right? You don't need full bodies anymore. It's 2018. We've got research to back it. Go get you dive bomb silhouettes. Add numbers. Add numbers to your spread. That's what the birds want to see later in the year. They want to see numbers. And you can add numbers for not a whole lot of money. So go to divebombindustries.com today. Get that spread that you're looking for. And then when you're setting out those dive bombs, you're going to need a way to see them. Go to sealightleds.com. Go get the lights for your trailer today. We use them. It's changed the way that we set out a spread. Zach used to screw up setting up a spread all the time. You'd look at it, and you just shake your head. That's all you could do. We got lights now. He can see what he's doing. We can see when we're brushing the blind. We don't have to guess on how, on how well the blind's brushed. We can see exactly what we're doing. Get those lights on your trailer or put them on your truck. Jeff almost hit a deer. He turned them on all the time. He'll blind you. Blind you with them. This podcast is also brought to you by Boss Shot Shells. They're changing the game direct to your door. They hit like a freaking freight train. What more do you want? They came out with a three-inch shell not too long ago, Jeff. Yep, three-inch. I've heard uh, I've heard amazing things. Zach had some guys shooting it and uh, 75-yard shots, which I don't advise taking. But, hey, if that bird's getting away. But, anyway, he said it was crumpling them at 75 yards. Put those the, Cincinnati side slap on them. The, the three-inch number two. So, if you're wanting something with a little bit more oomph, than, uh, or if you just can't wrap your head around shooting a two-and-three-quarter-inch shell, they got three inches now. So go to ballshotshells.com right now. Get your shotgun shells. This show is also brought to you by 737. Get that duck call. 737duckcalls.com. That's right. And be looking for them as also one of our new promo sponsors for the new giveaway that we're fixing to be releasing in a couple of days. Big, big giveaway on episode 100. Letting you know that right now. Also, Athlon Optics. Best binoculars for the money. Clear, clear, clear glass. I can't hardly say that word. That's what I use scouting every day. Every day. That's what we use. We can go do that here in a minute. Athlonoptics.com. Great binoculars for an affordable price. Luckyduck.com. If you're going to run a duck spread, you're field hunting ducks, throw you in about three of those Lucky Duck spinners. They've got the remotes on them. Folks, there's nothing better than being able to put some duck decoys up, some spinners up in your goose spread. You don't have to get up and turn them off, turn them on, turn them off, turn them on. Hit the button, turn them on. You can put them on a rotational deal where they come off and on. Be looking for the Lucky Duck crew. We'll be on with the Big Honker podcast for Wednesday's episode. Look up luckyduck.com. All right, William Chris, also sponsor of this podcast. Great wine, Texas wine, if you're into that sort of thing, which I am. You can go get you the Sway Rosé. They're an H-E-B, Whole Foods, Central Market, those hoity-toity type of stores. You're not going to find it at Walmart. It's good, classy wine. Christmas coming up, get her tooted, get her sauced. Go get you a bottle of William Chris Wines. And, and, and for the women out there, you can get your husband tooted and sauced and get him some Garrison Brothers bourbon. It's the best bourbon drink. In the, get best bourbon in, the middle, in, in Texas. Best bourbon in the United States. All you need is some ice. Ice and bourbon. This ain't the shit you put with Coca-Cola or Sprite and doctor it up. This is bourbon for a man. You can go to GarrisonBrothers.com and get you some Garrison Brothers bourbon. Texas made, Texas born, Texas bred. Finally, the last one. 
This show is brought to you by Stanfield Hunting Outfitters, ran by us, the ones that bring you the Big Honker Podcast. Hunting season's going on. If you need a hunt, we got some January dates, not a whole lot. We don't have a whole lot in December, do we? No, we got very few. We got some December dates left. I don't have week anything days. during Christmas break. It's going to be like the 17th through 19th or something, whatever the middle of that week is. We got some dates left. Texas, Oklahoma. I can't run another group in Oklahoma until – not very many. I don't have very many dates. Call me. If you got some dates you want, holler at me at stanfieldhunting.com or 940-658-3172. They're, well, still, they're still a little bit in January, so – if you need that uh, one last hurrah before season closes, give us a holler because we go go clear into February. All right, on this episode of the podcast, we're joined by the owner of Lucky Duck Premium Decoys, Tim No. Tim comes on to talk about some of the things that are going on over at Lucky Duck, how long they test a product. You know, he just kind of lays everything out, uh, what it's like owning one of the biggest companies in motion and spinning wing decoys. He's a good salt-of-the-earth guy, lives in Wisconsin in God's country, Roots for the Packers, so that right there tells you he's a good dude. So, anyway, give it up for him. Tim No. Three, two, one. Boom, and welcome to the Big Honker Podcast. I'm Jeff Stanfield. I'm Andy Shaver. How's everybody doing out there today? We've got a special guest on today, Lucky Duck Premium Decoys, owner Tim Nose on with us. Tim, how are you doing? I'm doing awesome. How are you guys? We're doing good. It's a little hot in Texas. Not, not, not always perfect for waterfowl hunting, though. Well, it's a little cold in Wisconsin right now. What's the temperature? 25. I'd, I'd trade you in a heartbeat. Boy, I sure Snow would. Snow on the ground? Uh, none right now, no. Hey, Matt, how, how are the Packers doing this year, oh, Tim? <laughs> figured you'd go there. Had to jump <laughs> Not right very into good. It. Andy's a big Packer fan, and I like anything that Andy's for, I like to go against just because it riles him up. He's having a hard time right now. Yeah, I don't, I'm with him. It's a, not a good year, but, but that's okay. Tim, we have the same record as the Cleveland Browns. Who would have thought that 10 weeks ago? Not me. <laughs> Not, Not me. me either. You think maybe that they shouldn't have given Aaron Rodgers $35 million, whatever they're paying him? I don't know. They need some major changes. And the bad part about where I'm in Wisconsin is I'm really close to uh, the Twin Cities, but we're in, on the, in the Wisconsin side. And so I've got to listen to all these Vikings fans. They're, they're obnoxious, those guys. <laughs> They're almost as bad as those cowboy fans. <laughs> I'm not. A, I'm not a cowboy fan, and I'll go 100 percent with you on that. There's nothing more bandwagon jumper than a, co- a cowboy fan. You you don't see what we see down here when the Cowboys win, they're going to the Super Bowl. The next week when they get the shit beat out of them, they they need to fire the coach and they're they need to get rid of Jerry Jones needs to sell the team. Next week they win again, they're going to the Super Bowl. Every other week. Well, then they are very similar to Vikings fans. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Then they are the same. Do you think Mike McCarthy? You think he's done this year? 
I do think it's going to be his last year. I think they're going to make some changes. And, you know, I think he's a good coach, but sometimes sometimes change is good. Well, I, I, I just – I think he might have lost the team. I think he – I think, like you, I think he's a great coach, but I think I think his players are done. Yep. If, if yep, I, that's very true. Here, here, this is what I think is going to happen. This way off key, and you both are going to laugh at this. This offseason, the Green Bay Packers are going to trade – Aaron Rodgers to the Oakland Raiders for Derek Carr and a first round draft pick. Why would they? They just signed that major contract. Because you can't sign nothing when you got all that money tied up in one guy. Tim, help me here. I hope they don't do that because the only reason the Packers have a fighting chance is because Rodgers is is very good. Okay, I, I just when this happens, breaking news in April, you're gonna say, "Damn, that boy in Knox City, Texas, is pretty smart." <laughs> not gonna happen. Tim, tell us about Lucky Duck. How did you get started? How did this all come about? When did you start? Yeah, you know, the original company um, was called Expedite International and had a couple different brand names, but started back in the mid-90s, 1995. And over time, it it kind of evolved as a company, and I came on board and uh, purchased the business with my partner, um, Oh, about 10 years ago, we fully had that purchase done four or five years ago and rebranded the company, the Lucky Duck, and have been going gangbusters ever since. Now, what this original company, was it in the same kind of market or, or what was what, what was this original company? Yeah, it was it was in the um, same same market, waterfall market, primarily just spinners. Um, the product they had was... Uh, called Lucky Duck, but the brand name was like Edge by Expedite was one, and Edge Innovative Hunting. Um, there's a couple different brand na- names throughout the years, but their staple product was the Lucky Duck Spinner. Um, and then we basically took that name and branded that as the entire company uh, about five, six years ago. How hard was this re- rebranding process? You know, it was... It was really needed. Um, it was kind of just a brand that was out there, kind of an older product line. Um, so the the rebrand was needed and really welcomed, um, and it it was kind of an overhaul of all of our products to to get them truly to a premium decoy. And uh, it took a lot of time, a lot of efforts, a lot of resources, uh, but worked with some good people, and uh, it, it really has been a good thing um, for the overall. Uh, company it's you know it's easy to change a name you know that anybody can do that but truly make sure your brand and your products go hand in hand um you know that's a lot of work that goes into that right so you're saying it's easy just to change the name but whenever you have to, when you you really have to overhaul all of your products to to fit the the changing of the brand name is that what you're saying yeah exactly and you know we we want to be known as a premium brand we always have had a good product, but it just wasn't wasn't marketed, and the story wasn't told. And then, you know, over time, products need to be updated and meet the demands of of the hunter. And you know, that was what the Lucky Duck rebrand was all about: was let's come up with some some industry leading products that truly are they've got the features that hunters want, um, and they they look the part. I think the uh, the remote control is one of the, the, the best things about your product. 
When did y'all start going with the remote control and the waterproof on the spinners? Yeah, you know, we've had we've had remotes for a long time, but the range wasn't very good. Um, you know, the there was a single button, so there was just one on one button that was an on and an off button, which uh, you know, guys that goose hunt a lot makes a huge difference, right? When you've got yeah. uh, geese coming in, you're hunting ducks and geese together, and you got geese coming in, and and you're trying to turn the spinners off, and some go off and some don't. You know, you, you kind of got you got stuck in the past in years past, and so we introduced that that two button remote that had an on and an off button separately. And so if you'd hit the off button and three of them turned off, but one stayed on, you could hit the off button again to turn that fourth one off and keep all your your uh, spinners in sync. Yeah, I, I think that that's just a game changer because uh, you know. When those when those geese are wanting in and those spinners are going, you need them off and you need them off quick. So, uh, uh, kudos on on that one because that's a big one. Yeah, and it's you know there's a lot of guys that hunt geese and ducks together. It's becoming obviously more and more popular mm-hmm. um, as goose populations have Canada goose populations have really grown. Um, so it's it's a game changer and it's something that every you almost need if you're gonna have motion in your decoy spread, um, spinners, flappers, whatever it may be, you need to have a remote with it. Yeah. How much do you get out during this time of year? How much do you get to go hunting? Oh, I'll probably, I'll hunt probably not as much as I like, but probably 20 to 30 days, something like that. I've always said it. If, if you want to just really cut your hunting time in about, you know, 75% of what you would like to do, open you an industry in the hunting because, <laughs> you know, you, you're always overseeing things, I'm sure, during this time of year, and it just thinks that you can't get out. You know, we're we're super blessed to be in an industry we love, right? And it's – I wouldn't trade it for anything, but it's definitely still a business, um, and, and there's a lot that goes on with it. Um, and you're right, during, you know, the heart of – the hunt season you know there's always other things to be done and things that you gotta attend to so it's not just it's not just all hunting and i'm assuming you've been you've hunted the horicon marsh and all that that whole famous area yeah i've hunted that a little bit um it used to be really good um but you know in the last 20 years i think that's changed a lot there's still still good bird numbers around there but it's nothing like it was back when it was you know, kind of a a destination. Right. Um, so it's, but yeah, it's a cool area for sure. So you you live in the area around. Um, God, what's the name? What's the name of the college that's right on the Minnesota Wisconsin border? That's on the river in the Mississippi, right there. Lacrosse. Lacrosse. You li- is that that the area you're living in? We're about two two hours north, maybe 120 miles north of there. Um, and I, was, uh, I live in a, a town called Hudson, which is right on the St. Croix River. Um, and then our office and warehouse is about 15 miles east of there in a town called Baldwin, Wisconsin. But if you go about 30 miles east of St. Paul, Minnesota, you'd run right into Baldwin, Wisconsin. That's some beautiful area up there. So you really are on the, you are a suburbs of Minneapolis then. Yes. I, I didn't realize yes. it was that close up there. So, so we got the, the, the spinners and now y'all do tur- a lot of turkeys and you do predator. Tell us about your predator hunting stuff. Yeah, the predator hunt stuff is super cool. Like 
just predator hunting in general is is something I think any person that enjoys any kind of hunting could get into. Um, and we've we partnered with some really good guys oh last five six years and launched a, a predator e collar line. And we've always had uh, predator decoys for a long time, um, but we launched uh, our new e call line. Oh, I think this three or four years ago, um, and the sounds that are on our e-calls are are the best in the industry. I'll put them up against anyone's. Um, you know, we're we're creating a lot of disturbance. People are using them uh, and really liking the products that we have in the in the predator world. We've partnered with one of the most well-known predator hunters, kind of the one of the early early um, guys that got into it, Rick Pallette, the Verminator. And, you know, he's, he's, he's the one we're working with and getting sounds with. Um, and, you know, they're all live animal sounds done the right way. Uh, and the, a lot of the coyote vocals are just super cool where you're getting, um, getting different types of vocals and uh, fight sounds. Um, just as, is super neat and some, some stuff that people just don't have and haven't heard. And to see coyotes react to those is really neat. That one thing that I have, everybody that that coyote, that predator hunts and turkey hunts said that they're just incredibly, incredibly uh, similar. I'm uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna dip my toe into this predator hunting thing. People, people, it sounds like I'm missing out on something. Yeah, when you're ready to do that, let me know and and um, we'll introduce you properly. <laughs> now, uh, do you predator hunt this time of year up there? I gotta imagine that that's uh, a little chilly to be sitting out there in the wide yeah, open. It's it can be cool, um, obviously dress appropriately, uh, but uh, we'll do we'll do a little bit up here, but um, do more. I try to get down by Rick's in Kansas, and I try to get down by him once for sure once a year, um, and do a little bit South Dakota, depending on where we did that last year. And so we'll try to get I'll try to get one or two trips in a year, um, and you know it's just hard because you got everything happening at the same time you've got you know waterfall hunting uh, good through january in the united states somewhere which is you know a good time for predator hunting too <laughs> so you gotta gotta mix it in how you can what what's a big dog for you to kill up there what's that what's a big dog for y'all to kill what's a big coyote what, what how big how many pounds oh if you can get you know 30 plus pound coyote that's a nice nice coyote we had a guy down here shot a 50 pound one the other day yeah, that's a big coyote. I mean, that's that's awesome. We've got a lot of coyotes this year, and they all look healthy. I mean, I've there is I've seen as many coyotes this year goose scouting as I've seen in years, and then none of them with the mange. I mean, they all look healthy this year. Yep. And it's all that rain we had. So tell us about your turkey. Y'all do a lot of turkey stuff. What's what do you got new product wise coming out in turkeys? Yeah, we've got. Last year we introduced a new uh, turkey line um, that are they're in. We'll call them inflatable, but, uh, you know, it's a very detailed, uh, flexible plastic that you can collapse down, fit in your vest, um, and then pull it out, give it a couple puffs of air, and it, it comes out to full form and looks exceptional. Um, our, our collapsible, there's a Jake and a hen, um, and then this year, coming out here in a couple months, we're introducing... Um, uh, a strutter pose too 
so that's going to be uh, should be a super cool uh, decoy. Guys are starting to see them, use them. Um, this past year, we had a lot of good feedback from guys that have used ours. Loved how light they were, how easy they were to transport. Uh, so it's it's been a a good jump into the turkey area for us. How long will you guys test a product before you bring it out to the to the general public for everybody? Yeah, that's a good question. Most, you know, we try to spend, there's probably a two to three year pipeline mm-hmm. uh, of products. Um, sometimes you might, you know, make a tweak to something that doesn't require that long of uh, of lead time. Um, but, you know, these truly, you know, new products, um, anywhere from, you know, two to three years is, is truly from the start to the finish. Now, is your is your desk just cluttered with different ideas or, you know, different ways that you can make a certain product better? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> we've, got, we've got a, I had to, everybody at the office was kind of laughing at me. It looked like someone, you know, like a tornado went through the office because it just builds and builds throughout the year. And then finally it gets to the point where you had to clean it. And, um, we've got a kind of a product development room in the back that we had to go just clean it out get stuff in the right place. And, and, uh, but yeah, I can. It can get pretty messy, but it's fun too. I mean, how awesome is it to you know have a job that you can you know sit there and tinker and create new things um, that you yourself plus you know all these other people that love to hunt um, will use. Yeah, is it just you coming up with all these ideas, or do you have a team of people around you? Or how's this process work? Yeah, no, it's not just me. You know, there's really in our business we've got. Um, Myself, uh, my sales manager, Ricky, does a great job with product uh, development and ideas. And then we have a product engineer, too, um, Brett Ayers, who uh, the three of us collaborate on a lot of things. Um, and then we also have a great team of uh, ambassadors that are, um, you know, guys that really, you know, they're not employees of Lucky Duck, but they're just ambassadors of our product. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they always have, you know, ideas we try to get together. Um, once a year if we can um, and keep lines of communication wide open and and a lot of times they have some ideas and even simple adjustments that are like yeah that makes a lot of sense let's look at doing that now i gotta ask because uh jeff's brother my uncle tony he comes up with ideas every year how it does it get easier to tell you know when you're close to these people he comes up with a lot of dumb ideas he's come up he has never come up with a good idea he hasn't come up with a good (laughs) idea yet how do you tell? How do you tell these close friends of yours? Like, listen, that's the dumbest shit I've ever heard of. Don't ever bring anything like that back into my office, because that's I'm I'm wanting to know that so I can tell Tony this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I might do it maybe a little more politically correct than you. Would, huh? <laughs> I don't know. No, you know, you know, the funny part is, is there's ideas that you know might not work for whatever reason or. You know, someone thinks it's a great idea until you actually sit down and really talk through it with someone. You're right. Um, and I've been, I've done that before. And you really sit down and have a good conversation and say, okay, well, let's think about this. And um, then you, after you talk through it for 15 minutes, you're like, yeah, maybe that wasn't the best idea. <laughs> so, so you, you go that route, you talk them through it and, and let them make their uh, own inference that this was a bad idea. Yeah, a lot of times that'll that'll happen, yeah. and that's happened to me with other people. You know, me talking through with others, and I, I come to the conclusion like, "Well, I was pretty dumb to even think of that." <laughs> <laughs> how 
how long will you test? How long will you work on a product before you figure out that ah, there's just nothing here, and and, uh, and just scrap it all all together? Mm. You can usually get through that pretty quickly. You know, um, personally, I've never experienced anything where we've spent you know a year working on something and then kind of just scrapped it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can pretty quickly, you can, you can, let's just say in the motion world, if you want to mock something up and really see how birds reacted to something, right. you can, you can do that pretty quickly, um, and, and get a flavor for, uh, how they're going to, you know, if it's going to be a negative deterrent to a bird mm-hmm. or an animal. Has there has there been this project that you were extremely passionate about and you you really want you really tried to sink your teeth into it and it just wasn't there? Mm, I haven't had that yet. I wish no, I shouldn't say I wish I did, but um, I haven't experienced that yet. I mean, there's been you know products projects we've had that have you know I guess maybe weren't home runs. Right. But might have been might have been doubles, right? Hmm. Um, trying to think of a good example. Uh, you know, we came out with some collapsible uh, duck decoys uh-huh. uh, two years ago, and they're really good decoys. They're ultra lightweight, packable. You can and and bring them in anywhere. And I was super excited about it because I think there's there are a lot of guys out there that are walking into some of these places. Um, and that product, you know, has been a, I'd say, a double for us. Right. Um, but I was thinking, man, this might this might turn into home run right away. And so I was a little disappointed in that. But uh, you can tell sometimes things just take a little more time to catch on to, and you really gotta have hunters think, you know, different ways. Sometimes we get so in, in kind of engraved into what we wanna or the way we do things that it takes a little bit, a little while for us to change. Yeah, we uh, we've got those uh, collapsible ones. We love them. You pack them right in and, and lightweight, and they look they look amazing. So, yeah, and it's it's just getting them in the hands of people and having that word spread. It you know it takes a little bit, but um, the feedback we get from most people, just like yourself, is I can't believe I've been using you know heavier decoys for years. I walk in, you know, I have to walk in a you know half mile or a mile to where I'm going, and this is just so much easier. Yeah, no, they really are. I'm not blowing smoke up your butt. Uh, we've got a spot here. It's uh, it's about mid shin mud that you got to walk through, and then it's about mid thigh water with all this. And and yeah, walking those bad boys in is just uh, just a dream, not a problem yep. at all. Um, I'm I'm assuming a job like yours, you have to be pretty flexible. Like you were saying earlier, you can't be so just. Hard nose, like we're gonna make this work no matter what. You got. I assume that you have to be fairly flexible uh, in your line of work. Yeah, big time. Um, it's you know you think about how many people you you really are dealing with to get you know let's say a a product into people's hands, mm-hmm. and you know we we're, we go through a dealer model, and there's a lot of you know a lot that goes on to get your product ultimately in front of a consumer for sale in a store and everything from the product development to, you know, selling all, literally selling your product and and doing a sales pitch to all your different dealer customers of why they should, you know, put this, this product in their store. 
Um, so it's a lengthy process, and you get feedback, and you have to be able to, you know, adjust on the fly. And, uh, you know, if you go and think your way is the only way that's going to work, especially when you got so many people in line that you need to, to work with, you know, that, that's, uh, you, get, you have to be flexible. What, what kind of new products you got coming out? You got anything that you can talk about, or is everything under wraps? Uh, we've got um, we've got a couple, I'd say a handful of products this coming year um, that we're going to be introducing. Um, I don't want to get into those right now. It's still a couple months early. Uh, we'll release uh, all our stuff at SHOT Show. Um, but there will be some uh, cool new Predator products. There'll be... Um, we just introduced this predator seat that literally didn't tell any about anybody about until uh, it hit the market last week, um, and so that that was one that's more of a direct to consumer seat for this first year because we weren't sure when we were going to have it, um, and we're starting to get you know in the hands of the dealers a little bit right now. But now, what is um, this? I, I'm I'm off in I'm off in my own little world here. What is this that you're that came out last week? Yeah, it's a new predator seat. So, you know, when you're predator hunting, you got your call that you're carrying, mm-hmm. your call that you're carrying, um, the remote usually that goes with that call. Um, and then, you know, you're going out, find a spot, sit down, and um, sitting on the ground a lot of times. Uh, or some guys will carry a seat separately. And so we basically made this seat that you can put your call in the back of it, remote in the back of it, uh, tripod. So the seat becomes a carrying bag and a seat together. Um, real simple product, but it, it provides, you know, support for your back when you're shooting, uh, allows you to shoot more accurately. And then when you're moving out of the next stand, you can, uh, throw your call and your remote and everything else in the back of the seat. Yeah. Jeff's showing it to me right now. That looks like a hell of a little, uh, invention that you got there. You know, it's simple. Um, and it's, but it's, it's needed in the predator world. And yeah. so, you know, it's been, since in this last week, we've been kind of amazed at how many people have inquired and bought and all that. So it's been good. Yeah, and that's that right now, that's more of like a, a direct-to-consumer type of deal? Yeah, just, we always offer stuff for sale on our website, but um, typically dealers have the better prices, right? But um, we haven't, that one will, you know, get in dealers' hands here for this next year because it we just we just didn't have um, the Predator's seat ready. Uh, for to present to dealers last year. Now, how much of this direct to consumer do you see? Uh, do you see something uh, more like this coming down the coming down the line, or, or how do you feel about that? Yeah, there's a place for it, and and I don't. It's not our model where we're going to sell most of our stuff. Um, we value the our dealer partners. Um, but I understand why there's some companies that are going direct to consumer. Um, and I think a lot of it depends on the product uh, that you have and, and how you want to sell it. You know, it's decoys right are hard because right. they're big and bulky and it costs a lot to ship. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's hard to have that direct model because I guarantee you a Cabela's shipping rate is way less than a, lucky duck shipping rate you know what i mean yeah no that makes a lot of sense you know um that little i'm looking at this predator i like this chair i mean this could be uh i'm i'm, I'm not telling you how to do your business here but that could be a little turkey uh you could you could transfer that over and maybe make a something out of a turkey with this predator chair that you got here or yep. may, maybe something's working i don't know don't give anything away 
have you guys seen our uh, our uh, new Super Goose flapper that we came out with this past this this current year, literally just a couple months ago? We we've seen it just online. We have not seen it uh, in hand. Yeah. Okay. That's been a that was probably our biggest. Well, there are two new products this past year or this current year right now that hit the market. Well, that was one of them, and then we introduced the waterproof um, a waterproof spinner or waterproof HDI. Um, that hit the market here a couple months ago too, and both those products, you know, people have have really liked and and been well received. Yeah, the the waterproofing is very important. Last year, I I, I kid you not, first duck hunt of the year, wasn't paying attention. Dog knocked over the spinner, down it goes, and you know how you know how that story probably ends. Jeff was not too happy with Andy because it was a brand new spinner. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Hey, let me you uh, know the, go ahead. I was just going to say that's a good example of a product that internally we had some debate over of how well that was going to go over. And, um, you know, my, our sales manager, Ricky was, he's like, this thing's going to be a home run. This, this is, everybody's going to want one. And I was a little more reserved about it. I'm like, yeah, you know, they're more expensive. I don't know if guys are going to pay for them as much. I think it'll be a good product, but I don't know if, if, you know, if, if it's going to be that home run product. And and I was wrong, and I think Ricky is right. Don't tell him that very often. <laughs> um, it, it's really been well received, and um, we've been having trouble keeping up, getting enough enough here to to sell. It only takes one time to dunk one, yeah, and then you don't. Then you make sure you have a waterproof one. Yep, and I talk about them all the time. Um, <clears throat> let me ask you this part. To me, field duck hunting is getting more and more popular. And are you seeing an increase in the sale of spinners that guys are doing it for the field hunts? Yeah, for sure. For sure. That's a huge, um, you know, the uh, spinner market, especially up north here. Um, uh, you know, those the corn fields, right, are you get cut corn and it's, it's like uh, spinners and cut corn, it's like a magnet. Um, and... You know, I've got friends that you know, are in this industry that run 20, 25 spinners in a big cornfield in North Dakota. I, I can see that because there's nothing more fun than shooting greenheads in the corn or any field, yep. any field at all. Field duck hunting for guys. We hunt a lot of guys from Louisiana, and, you know, they, they hunt waters and swamps all the time. And they come in. In Oklahoma, we do a lot of field duck hunting, and they'll come up and field duck hunting. Them guys will be like, first, they don't, can't believe you can shoot ducks in the field the first time. Cause it just doesn't seem normal to them. And then, you know, you can't see water anywhere and you shoot field ducks are like, God, that's crazy. But the birds decoy so well, but it does, it takes multiple spinners. You need to run at least three plus spinners on a field, I think. And it makes a big difference. Yeah. I think usually the bigger, you know, and the bigger the field, the bigger the area, depending on time of year too, with what birds are actually doing and how big some of these flocks are. But yeah, I mean, it's usually the more the merrier. Yeah, and you don't have to be on the hot field. If you can just get under them ducks with some spinners going, you can pull them in. Yep. So have, uh, your 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 dove spinners, are you noticing more of those selling? Yeah, you know, we don't – right, as of this point, we don't have a dove spinner out. Um, but – What am I looking uh, at on – what am I looking at on here? We've got our dove flapper. Yeah. Um, which is a little different motion and – you know, we sell a ton of those every year, and you know, obviously, guys, you know, it's it's funny when when you first when I first got in this industry, you know, dove hunting up north isn't 
around Wisconsin isn't a, a huge deal. Right. Um, but it amazes me. And it, was, it, was a, it doesn't anymore, but it did at the time. It amazed me when I started learning about how, you know, guys down in Texas. And, oh, it's, bi- it's big shit you know, down here. Oh, it's like, I mean, it's like opening a deer season in Wisconsin is how exactly right. dove is in, Wisconsin, in Texas. 100%. There, there's more dove hunters on opening day in Texas than any other time. And I mean, you get the corporate guy that doesn't, he doesn't deer hunt, but he goes with the guys from the office because if he don't, they're going to give him shit. So he goes dove hunting with them. I'll bet you the, I bet you the hunting population in Texas during dove season on opening weekend, that Saturday morning, is, is three or four times what it is during deer season. Easy. Unreal, and the and the amount of guys that run decoy spreads dove hunting mm-hmm. is is blowing up every year. It, five ten years ago, you might see a guy with a couple of spinners. Now you see guys with whole spreads, the trees with birds on them, the the, the spinners going everything. Is dove hunting's getting big, and the spinners make so much fun because the birds decoy just like ducks do to them. Yeah, they're super cool. Those the way doves decoy, it's I mean. It, how much fun does that have to go shoot, you know, for a couple hours? I mean, it, it's, it's, I've never been on it where it's been a, a hunt that's, you know, an awesome dove hunt, but I've been on a couple of good ones. And right. to me, that was just a lot of fun. Well, come to Texas next year and we'll put you on some. Because the weather's hot and the beer is cold and football is, is just, you know, it's always on during dove season. Yeah. It, but you're right, though. I, I've never been to – obviously, I've never been to Wisconsin during opening weekend of deer season, but uh, I can imagine everybody hitting the woods all at once. Yeah, it, it, orange everywhere, but uh, Look sometime like, I'd like to come down to Texas, and maybe we can do that. I'd love to hunt, hunt with you guys down there because it, it just would be a new experience for me, and I'd love to try that. It uh, – yeah, it's something else. Right now, it, we're we're going through a weird full moon phase or something down here. It's – the goose hunting is pretty tough right now. I is it? Yeah. I, there's a couple different theories floating around. Well, number one, it's 75 degrees today. Tomorrow it's going to be 80 um, coming out of this full moon. But I've talked to a lot of guys from all over. Uh, since I've started this podcast, I've made a lot of <clears throat> interesting connections just kind of all over the country. And from Minnesota all the way from to Nebraska, Kansas, everybody's saying that th- their birds are just kind of weird right now. So when you're hunting honkers down south, what mm-hmm. type of crop fields are you hunting? Uh, here in Texas, it's peanuts and wheat. When we we also we start hunting in Oklahoma, southwest Oklahoma, about two hours north of where we live here in Texas, and it is it's mainly wheat up there, winter wheat. So it's green, flat, open fields. Yep, and then uh, we we just edge edge them most of the time. Set up uh, set up a blind on the on a fence line and and just edge them. A lot, yep. of, a lot of guys are using the white spreads. We don't they'll they'll uh, do Tyvek suits and and all that. We don't we don't do that. But it, we're shooting little geese too. We're not shooting the big geese. Yeah, but we're probably lessers. I would guess right now we're sitting on a good seventy thousand birds here. Maybe we got a lot of birds, and I'm wow. t- I'm telling you. With PhDs, they've got a PhD in gooseonomics. I've, ha- <laughs> I've had my my nuts are still in my throat from the last three or four days. <laughs> they humble you quick, don't they? Quickly, yeah. I'm ready to start doing pheasant. We also we do pheasant hunts out here, and I'm ready to just become a pheasant guy. And, 
Cut my well, those birds can be a lot more predictable if you you can just put a couple down and and have some hunters go after them, huh? Exactly, and that's how we do it we here. We do them that way. <laughs> that's how we do it here. We don't have wild pheasants, but yeah, we uh, it's a it's a release bird hunt, so it's looking better and better. The wor- the more the the more the hunting, more the goose hunting gets tough, I should say. The goose hunting should pick up this weekend. We're supposed to have a good front. We got lots of birds. We've had a shitty weather cycle. We've had no wind, and now we're getting some wind, and the birds are still weird. They just don't. It, it's been a very unusual year, and it's been that way for a lot of people, I think. But I'm ready for those northern yeah, flights of mallards. You know, the, we were so we got so cold up north, you know, Canada, North Dakota. We had a hunt we were supposed to be on. Um, for we own a, a TV show called The Grind. Yep. Um, with Dakota Decoy, the two of us own that together, and we were supposed to go filming in um, North Dakota the first week of November. And had to cancel it because the birds got up and left, and they're froze out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, I know some guys in Minnesota said the same thing. It got it got really really cold, and the wind stopped blowing, and all their water froze up, and all their birds moved out overnight. It, it that always just that's one thing about waterfall hunting that just every year amazes me how birds can just get up. You know, they're there one day, and then the next day they, they get up and they go. And it, it's just a, it's fascinating. It's crazy how that happens. So how did you guys, what made you guys decide to get into the into the TV world? You know, it was, uh, um, we, wanted, we wanted to find a way to effectively market our products. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Bill over at Dakota Decoy is a good friend of mine. Um, and him and I were talking, they had Bill and actually Matthew from Righam Wright had just started, um, the grind themselves. And then uh, about a year after that, had a lucky that came on as a sponsor of the show. And then we, you know, got to talking and said, man, I just, you know, it's a good way for us to market our products, get them up in front of people. Um, it was kind of coincided with that whole rebrand of, uh, uh of lucky duck mm-hmm. and, um, so we came on board as a as an owner of the show um, with Dakota and actually Righam Wright. I think had stepped out right around that same time, or maybe a little bit after that, a year after that. I think it was. Um, and so it's just an effective way for us to market our products and get it in front of a lot of people. Um, you know, and there's I think for the way we do it, I like it because we're able to one present that show online yeah. um, as well as on TV. Uh, so you can get guys that are, you know, have cut the cord. They still can, you know, access that where, you know, there's some shows out there that can't put their, their shows online immediately. Um, and so having that content available to people, uh, especially in our, our, uh, motion world, right. You know, it's really cool visually, a cool visual product. Um, so let's get that in video form in front of people. Yeah. Putting it online. I, just that's, Amazing because you're you're right. So many guys are kind of in the dark ages about television, and you know they they don't see that a lot of people are cutting the cord, and being able to put that online and have that easily accessible to these guys, I mean that's that's a home run right there. You know what's starting? This is just literally the last you know this year, um, kind of real new new for us, or at least not new for us, but just new in the 
the online world, you know, social media has been so hot for so long. And, you know, now some of the stuff we're starting to try and promote on social media to get in front of people, you know, the social media companies are, are not letting you do that because of, because it's um, oriented towards hunting and, and the shooting sports industry. Um, and so they're censoring what you can, what you can post on some of the social media or at least promote on some of the social media sites. So that's going to throw another wrench into things. Yeah. I've noticed that I've done, um, I do the social media, I mean, not, not near the level you guys are, but the social media marketing for our company and our podcast Mm -hmm. and everything. And there's a lot of times I'll go to, I'll go to promote something and, uh, a lot of things that I'm like, ooh, this might not get approved, go right through. And then there's some things that come up that, you know, there was a box of shotgun shells or there was a gun in the background, and that gets flagged for some reason. Isn't it? It's, it's, yeah, it's crazy. And that, this whole censorship on, on what different companies are allowing to go through, you know, it's, that can be frustrating. <laughs> yeah, to say the least. How do you – do you guys try to hit the same spots every year with your TV show, or are you always looking for a new adventure? What's your mindset on on your on where you go hunting for your show? Yeah, there's usually usually we'll do about ten hunts a year um, to get you know thirteen original episodes and nine or ten hunts, and I'd say you know half of those or maybe you know, five or six of those are usually uh, could be repeat spots. And then we always try to, you know, get in a couple new spots um, to keep things fresh. And, um, you know, it's it's interesting because I think you get two pieces of that. You get one, the spots you go to each year that, that are the same. The hunting's always different because of weather and birds. And so it's, you know, you kind of get to show that from year to year of, boy, we were here, you know, this time last year and birds were doing something different. You know what I mean? Um where, and then in addition, then you throw in, you mix in a couple new episodes and it's, um, you know, some newer places for people to see and, you know, maybe different ways of hunting and, kind of, kind of neat. Do you, do you hunt, speaking of hunting around Rochester, do you hunt around Rochester, Minnesota much? I don't. Um, but I know a lot of guys that do and can be some really good goose hunting there. It used to be phenomenal. I used to be a pipeline from there to our lodge, guys that worked for us from around that area. Lost some good guys around there. Mm-hmm. And they don't have that power plant lake no more, whatever it was. A new, was it a power lake or what it was? Mayo Clinic, I think. Is that what it was? Yeah. There, yeah, there was one, something that always kept that water open, right? Yeah. Yeah. And they don't. I don't think they have that anymore. And yeah, I, don't, I think I don't, that's, I don't know changed that some sure. of the hunting out there for sure. How many Packer games do you get to go to? Let's, let's switch gears here. I want to know how many Packer games do you go into a year? I go to one a year, and I'm going to the game this weekend – um, against Arizona. Some buddies got a cool group of guys that uh, known since, gosh, a couple of them since I was eight years old, grade school t- friends, and then also high school friends and a um, couple into college that we all, there's seven of us that get together once a year, go to a Packer game, spend a couple couple nights there and just have a good time. You spend the night, you spend a couple nights in Green Bay? Yep, yep, we'll go uh, we'll go in there Saturday, so we'll spend Saturday night, go to the game Sunday, party after the game Sunday night, and uh, come home Monday. That's, oh, there's not a... I'm so envious. There's not a neater place in the world than Green Bay, Wisconsin. I, I'll give... That's the neatest football venue in the world. That's the neatest town. I, I love it up there. And for anybody that's never been there, to go there to see that big old stadium in that little town is amazing. 
Yeah, you know, I've had, I went there with some guys that have um, aren't Packer fans, um, and they've you know just wanted to go see a game there. And everybody says the same thing: they walk into that stadium, and they get shivers. I'm gonna go one of these days. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a trip up there. Do you try to go uh, this time of year every year? Normally we do. Yeah, it's usually this kind of later in the year when. Uh, all of us, it just kind of works for our schedule. Oh, okay. I didn't know if you like, you know, had a thing about the cold or or what or what your uh, why you pick this time of year every year. Yeah, no, it's just it just kind of seems to work out with everybody, and then um, I think this weekend we'll probably get tickets really cheap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, y'all got a lock for a win this weekend. Yeah, you picked a good game to go to if you want to see a win. <laughs> I've heard Have you guys been up there before then. Uh, Jeff I, has. I have not. I've been. I haven't been to a game, but we, me and my wife went to Door County and all that touristy stuff two years ago, and I fell in love with it. We both did. We loved it, and we went to the stadium. And we took the tour and looked around and stuff. It wasn't on a. They didn't play the, a game that week we were there, but I was just impressed with the. It reminded me of going back in time. It was real Americana. You know, you got a town, you got the neighborhood right by it, and everybody supports one thing. And if you go to these other cities, the football team's like an industrial complex. The football stadium is. Yep. Green Bay reminds me of just a big high school type atmosphere. And the one of the things that really I, I found interesting was we were watching the news one night and they went out to the stadium. The sports director or the sports guy from Green Bay, one of these local stations, was going to go out and talk to Mike McCarthy about whoever they were playing that week. And it reminded me of in Texas when they go out and they talk to the high school coaches. Oh, yeah. Well, let's go down to the stadium. We'll talk to Mike about this. You know, and it was like, yeah, Bill. And it was just, it was amazing because it's the guys that I see on TV all the time. And I think of them like in Dallas Cowboys, where they're you know they they're practice behind a closed fence, you don't around them and stuff. And in Green Bay, it was just so much more customer friendly. It seemed like. Yep. Yeah, I think I think that's true. You know, and the other stadiums have their 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 pros to it. Like you said, I'm sure that Dallas Stadium is probably super cool to see. Like it's just huge entertainment complex yeah Yeah, that's what that's what it is but you know when you drive by on the road it's all close you can't drive up to it i was amazed at green bay that you could walk you could park and when i say park you don't have to park six miles away you could park like you were parking at a target or a walmart and walk right in the front door of the damn stadium and go look around and i was really impressed with that that you just don't see that but it's just the whole unique situation that makes the green bay packers who they are yeah yeah i think it's kind of a cool thing too that's we're we're blessed to have that in our state. I'll, I'll say that. Yeah, you are very much on that. What's the what's the temperature looking? What's the weather looking like this weekend for the game? I think it's just supposed to kind of be thirties and and uh, no weather. No, I don't know if it's sunny or overcast. But I don't think there's any big storms coming. The, the thing I like about it the most is when you see the crowd on a just a a butt cold night. Half of them are wearing blaze orange, and then the other half are wearing camouflage. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> or the guy with no shirt on or, at all. Yeah, or the guy. With, don't don't let that be you this weekend, Tim. No, no, it wouldn't be a pleasant sight to look at either. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's always it's always guys are in shape. Old fat guy like me, we ain't taking our shirt off at the pool hardly, much less at a damn Green Bay game when it's forty below zero. But I've <laughs> I've never understood why anybody want to go to a fucking game with their shirt off. I just don't get that. It's cold yeah. shit. Spray paint, yeah, spray painting their nipples. Mm. Hell no. <laughs> not for me. No. Not no. not for me either. Well, Tim, I think we're about going to wrap it up here. We appreciate you coming on. We've taken up your busy busy man, I know, with this time of year. And you got a Packer game. You got to get you got to get mentally prepared cuz 
Yeah, that starts about, uh, yeah, about tomorrow I'll start zeroing in on that and thinking about how much beer to bring and all that, right? So do you, you tailgate in the parking lot before game? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I'm envious. Hey, you, 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 since you're a Wisconsin guy, i got to ask you this. Have you ever drank in uh, – Point beer. Point beer? Point beer. I have. Yes. It's horrible. I have. I love point beer. It's horrible. Jeff. Jeff's always knocking oh. me about point beer, but we we have uh, – some Wisconsinites. That's 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 what you call them, right? Wisconsinites. I guess so. When we were in, uh, it's, they make it in Stevens Point, don't they? Yes. Yeah. When I we, we went there last year, I brought you back some. And uh, what's the other one that you got? The spotted spotted cow. Now we're talking. That's that's my kind of beer right there. I'm telling you, you got you guys. You're you're living a blessed life, Tim. You're up there in <laughs> God's country. You're making amazing products for us waterfowlers to. Uh, to chase these animals that we love you can send us some spotted cow because we can't get it down here <laughs> yeah you can't find it anywhere i'll get you guys some you'll you'll uh if you if you if you'll drink it i'll send it yeah i'll drink it for sure uh but like i said tim we really do appreciate your time root for the packers uh from me you know just just give it all you got up there have fun uh keep putting out amazing products and uh go pack go Awesome. I appreciate it, guys. Appreciate what you guys do, too. Hey, tell everybody your, your show. Tell them your website. Yeah, where can everybody find you? Yeah, if you just go to uh, luckyduck.com, you'll see all that we have to offer. And jump on them waterproof spinners. I'm telling you, folks, that's the way to go. You dunk one and you'll never go back. Hey, Tim, thank <laughs> you. God bless you, man. Have a great Christmas, all right? Thank you so much. You guys, talk to you all later. All right, bye-bye. See ya. Bye. Tim, no, that lucky son of a bitch. I just want, I've made an observation here, Jeff. Everybody that's that has a cool life lives in Wisconsin because that seems nope. that way to me. That what? There have been more Packer fans on here than any other sports organization. Yeah, I'm not disagree with you on that. Wisconsin is a cool place, though. There is, and everybody here's the difference. Everybody from Texas that you meet isn't a Cowboy fan. Everybody from Wisconsin is a Packer fan. One hundred percent. I don't know. I'm sure there's some of them out there that are just pissed off, but they're probably happy this year. But. But anyways, I, yes, a lot. We've had a lot of Packer fans on here. I mean, I just, I just run through the list in my head from Bill Saunders to this guy to to Brandon Sarecki of Boss Shot Shells. They've all got it going on with the Packers. Of course, it's been disappointing this year, but I'm telling you, you can have to get rid of that quarterback. You can't pay thirty million dollars for one guy on your team and take up a third of your budget and expect to win. Well, you can't resign nobody. You can't <clears throat> add anybody to help. You got a good running back. You got a great quarterback. You've got a great wide receiver. You got an overpriced tight end that's not worth a crap. I agree. And you can't win. And maybe your coach isn't no good. Who knows? I don't think Aaron Rodgers is helping himself on Cardinal. And I don't think I've said it before. I don't think Aaron Rodgers really gives two shits if he wins or loses. Well, he signed a five year contract. So. Well, y'all got five years with him, but they're going to be an Oakland Raider coach quarterback next year. He's going to go home to Oakland. You watch. Will you be pissed? Will you be a Raider fan then, or will you still be a Packer fan? I jumped ship once. So you would jump off the back. So you're really not even a Packer fan I don't, then? No, I don't know. It depends on what they had in the lineup. The chances of the Packers getting another great quarterback, you're spoiled because you had Favre and Rodgers. You're going hard pressed to get number three in a row good. They don't happen very often. Maybe this year. Because at best, they're going to be, what, nine, six, and one if they win out? What's his name on the radio? Though they're not says they're going to win nine, out six, nine six and yeah, one. I don't think they can beat Chicago and Chicago or or Chicago and Green Bay. I don't. I just don't. 
Who let's say that let's say they don't make the playoffs. Let's say they finish eight and eight. They're not going to make the playoffs. Seven nine. They got a chance still. The the, the, the wild card in the NFL NFC is going to be easy. Six right. eight and eight might get you in. Who who would you draft though? I mean, there's not really a good quarterback coming. They've got to start thinking about the future. Yeah. No, the, I I agree. And Brett Hundley wasn't his future. The Sean, the Sean Kaiser damn sure ain't your future. future. This is turning into a Packer show. It's a hunting show. Uh, yeah, check out Lucky Duck. If you need, if you're in the market for a spinner, if you're in the market for a predator call, I mean, just go check them out. They they've got uh, tons of products that make your life easier and make you more effective as a hunter. You're gonna start predator hunting this spring, aren't you? As soon as hunting season's over, I a bit. Know. I might. I bet you. I think if you did, you get hooked on it. Uh, I got enough obsessions, but uh, yeah, they they've got a lot of cool stuff. That waterproof spinner, we've got a bunch, we've got them, and they're lifesavers. They really are, uh, because no bullshit. First hunt last year, dunked the dunked the fucking uh, spinner and never worked again. So go get that. Um, hunting in Texas is still tough. I don't know what to tell you. We're coming out of the full moon. Um, it's just it's it's difficult right now. Anyways, y'all holler at me if you need anything at stanfieldhunting.com. <laughs> what a hell of a plug. I don't know what to say now <laughs> for it. We're going to kill a lot of birds. It's just the moon's it's just, to go it's, just it's been a tough week. We had a good it. start to season, and we've hit a little hard spell right now. But <laughs> yeah, hunting's so hard. Yeah, by the way, call me. Yeah. Call me if you need anything. Yeah, hunting hunting's going to turn around. We just need some cold weather and uh, some birds to pattern a little bit better. But it'll all be good. I'm just kind of scratching my head right now. And it sounds like a lot of you guys are out there, too, so... Um, I made a post yesterday on Instagram, got a lot of good feedback from it. So just, I know it's tough and it sucks whenever you have a bad hunt because you have so much invested in it, but just, you're going to be a better hunter out of this. Just keep your head down, keep scouting, and uh, we will get through this together. All right? Hey, uh, before I forget, folks, Christmas time's coming. We've got uh, some new, new tan hoodies coming out, yeah. tan and um, black hoodies. It's the old-style logo of Stanfield Hunting. we got black and tan. The olives we are sold out of. They're back-ordered, basically. Whatever we got left is what we got. We won't have any more till January. So if Well, we've got – we just got – we got some off, left. Off, Odds. off – uh, we got some fat boy sizes. we got some, some small boy sizes. Yeah, the, the, the large and extra large are just about gone on the olives. So, anyways, look us up at stanfieldhunting.com. No, they are gone. Are, uh, yeah, they're Larges, extra larges. If you're, uh, I, I believe, 2X and up, no. We got 3X and 4X in the olives and mediums and smalls in the olives. And about the, the same in the black. The black we have, and we just got new ones in. Oh, that's right. Okay. We, got, we can get the blacks. We can't get no more olives. And now we've got desert tan and uh, the black on them. So, But, yeah, if up. you're wanting a great stocking stuffer, look us up. Uh, we'll be happy to send you a shirt or a hoodie. Thank you for tuning into the Big Honker Podcast. Keep chipping away if hunting's tough. Just keep your nose down. Keep scouting. You'll be fine. And if you're wearing them out, don't tell me about it because I don't <laughs> want to fucking hear it. But yeah, thank you so much. And the next episode after this, we will discuss our giveaway, our hundredth episode. We're, we've got some got some good stuff lined up for you guys, and we'll go over the details of that on uh, what and how you can win. So anyway, have a good one. Thank you. Good best. God bless. Goodbye.